I've been talking into the microphone for 20 minutes. <laughs> now I'm recording you. You ruined it. Continue. You ruined the intro. Begin the Hello, podcast. everyone, and welcome to Gorgab. I am your host, Uncle Ponyboy, and I'm here with... I don't remember what we decided on <laughs> last time. Was it M-Nut? You don't know your own nickname? I think I called you M-Nut on the thing, on the website that we use. That is ours. You said bro bro a few times. Yeah, this, so I don't know. Then, I listened to the, then I listened to the episode after the fact, and I was like, that sounds stupid. I don't know how much better M Nut is. Let's just. Uh, my name is Matt. His name is Matt. This is my. Matt. This is my brother Matt. We are here this <laughs> week to do House on Haunted Hill, which came out in 1999. Yes. And okay, this it's is great. A, yeah, <laughs> this is a movie that when we were kids, I was like 14, I think, when this movie came out, and I remember it scaring the shit out of me. Like I, thought, I always loved it. Oh, I loved it. Like, I thought the intro was one of the scariest parts of the movie. See, I thought that was cheesy as fuck. It reminded me of like a 19, like 40s movie, which I guess maybe it was like a throwback to the original House on Haunted Hill, but. Yeah. Maybe I was exaggerating a little bit with the scariest part of the movie, <laughs> but I think it's, it reminds me of a Tool music video. Yeah, because yeah, like, like the stop like motion way, But like way not as cool. <laughs> Yeah, right. But like with the the thread going around the nails and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool little a cool little intro. I I made a note about the so Dark Castle before before we get into that. Let, we jumped away. Yeah, what are we even doing right now? Are we even recording? Are we just bullshitting with each other? Yes. So the Dark Castle made this movie, which they were like a uh, late '90s like horror studio. They were like the Blumhouse of like. 1999. What else did they make? 13 Ghosts and Ghost Ship, which falls right into that I same type Ghost of movie. Ship. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're <laughs> like they're like the same type of movie for sure. Like, that's what they were. They were just churning this stuff. You know what's crazy, though? This movie had a $37 million budget. $37 million. Yeah, but it doesn't look impressive. Totally, dude. They bought that house. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the entire Dark Castle budget. owns the house on the haunted hill now. <laughs> the, the house on the haunted the house hill. House on haunted hill. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, so they spent their entire budget on the, this this giant house they turned into an asylum, basically, and then into a lavish club. That's what it looked like. I never understood the layout of the first floor. <laughs> if you, you watch the movie, in, yeah. If you watch the movie, like the first floor is pretty much unexplored. Yeah, like the ground floor. They're in the catacombs the rest of the time. Why does the basement, though, like, I mean, I guess people stayed out. Okay, hold on a second. We're about to get, we're talking about, like, middle of this movie at this point. So let's go to. This is Gorgab. (laughs) That's how far ahead we are. Welcome to Gorgab. So, Dark Castle, directed by William Malone, who hasn't done much, uh, I wouldn't say respectable. Horror. I uh, did a movie called Creature. Pretty, it's a B movie. For, what, for sure. What is that about? Creature? I have no idea. I just saw that on IMDb that and familiar. threw it on there. He did do Fear.com, though, which I have seen, which is terrible. Yeah, I, I've heard of that, but I haven't seen it because it looked terrible. Well, and this also is kind of like a, um, look him up. a who's who of 90s actors. Oh, totally. 
Tay Diggs, Diggs is the man. Tay Diggs as Eddie. Eddie. Uh, Jeffrey Rush. Stephen Price. Bam Al- K. Jansen. Allie Larder. Allie Larder. Bridget Wilson. Peter Gallagher. Did you say that? I think the oh shit! I think the way I said that made it sound like I was like just naming people off that were in the movie. But the second thing I said was after each. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it now. I don't either. That don't was the character they were playing. So, if, in oh. case you were confused. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, K and B did the effects, which they've done everything. Wishmaster, my first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They also did a. They do The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But they've done. Their, the list that if you go look at their list of, of stuff they've done on IMDb, it's like insanity. Mm-hmm. Like they've done some amazing. We just talked about this. I think the last episode we did together talked oh, about yeah. how amazing K and B was. Definitely. So basically, this movie is about a house on a haunted hill. It was formerly, overlooking an ocean. It was it was it was an asylum for yeah. the criminally insane. Vanicott's Asylum for the Criminally Insane, I yes. believe. And um. In the 30s, there was a criminally insane uprising of some yeah. kind, <laughs> yeah. and they killed everybody, so uh, the place burnt down, Yeah, or uh, everybody died in a fire. <laughs> they killed everyone, so the place burnt down. <laughs> it was like, oh, no. <laughs> totally the next thing that always happens. <laughs> when houses... Yeah, never mind. I'm not even going to make that joke. It would be horrible. <laughs> well, um... So it was a, the site of this horrible thing in the 30s. So it's supposedly haunted. Yeah. And that opening scene, okay, so the, the movie opens up basically with a flashback to 19, what we find out 31. is 1931. Yeah. yeah. And there's this big crazy thing happening in the asylum. There's the guy that's standing there, uh, he's like, the, he's sharpening pencils. Yeah, like the, it looked like a receptionist yeah, or like and, the desk clerk and it cuts to like Vanica played played by Jeffrey Combs actually who is Howard West in Reanimator so and uh amazing that one guy in the frighteners that's what i know him from remember he's the cop in the frighteners oh yeah remember that movie yeah. so he he's uh the doctor Dr. Vanica the person that runs this asylum and it shows um Vanica like cutting into some Doing some crazy, like obviously not even real surgery because the dude's there's no anesthesia at all. Yeah, he's oh, just yeah. like cutting a guy's stomach open, and, and then not- we see a scene of like the he's kind of like the front desk guy. He's standing there, like I said, sharpening the pencils, and he looks up and he's surrounded by, by the criminally in- insane. Yeah, by the criminally insane, <laughs> and they break in to his like glassed off area and stab him through the throat with. Two foot long pencils. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like five of them. Yeah. Like just straight through the guy's neck. So this was a cool like little gore shot from the beginning of the yeah. movie. Like the pencils coming out of his neck. It looked really cool. Like blood was like pouring out everywhere. That was a really cool scene. Oh. So basically this is just like a setup for the whole like. So this is basically just like a setup. Like the whole backstory of the asylum and, and mm. what happened there with Dr. Vanicott. And we also find out that five of his staff members had survived and it yeah. said like Only offhand yeah by like one of the characters at one point was it peter graves no no chris pritchett what's that show called that the, the in the beginning the 
the clip oh, that it was showing of the. I can't. Dumb... I don't know honestly if he says something about it. Yeah, it was like an unsolved mysteries yeah. type show. It was. It was beginning. a real show. Yeah. back in the day, I'm pretty sure. So they like, basically after this, it shows this like whole intro of like this horrible thing that happened at this asylum, and then we cut to Evelyn, played by Famke Janssen's, in her bathtub. Uh, she's watching this show about this thing that happened in 1931. And uh, we then cut to Stephen Price. This is where we meet Stephen Price, played by Jeffrey Rutch, who lit Rutch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rutch. Oh, Jeffrey Rutch, uh, who, who plays Stephen Price. He's like a... Um, He's like an amusement park owner, like entrepreneur that like deals in the scary, basically. Yeah. And he's yeah. opening up a, a new roller coaster. Yes, the Terror Incognita. <laughs> yes, and there's he's got like reporters with him. Yeah, one of them is uh, the guy from Buffy. I saw him. At, I saw him at Wizard World last year. Dude, James Marsters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Randomly, like he's in the movie for thirty seconds, but there he is. Well, and so basically, they're interviewing him about his new terror incognito. Terror incognito <laughs> that he's opening up the this new roller coaster he's got. Right, so they like go and they're gonna uh, take a ride on this new thing, and his roller coaster starts at the top. Though, yeah, yeah, he says that he's like, <laughs> uh, "Do all roller coasters start at the top or something?" Ridiculous. Right as it flies over his head, and yeah, stuff. yeah, like, you know, he's supposed to be a pretty clear, oh uh, yeah, re reincarnation or whatever of Vincent Price. Yeah, he's very much like Vincent Price. Yes, that was the whole thing they were going for. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Man, how did I not even like? How have I never connected that in all the times that I've seen these movies? I I did, but I actually just read it recently on IMDb. Uh, to confirm, because I I thought that yeah, because I knew Vincent Price was in the original. So they take a ride up in the elevator, and Price is like talking about how like safe the roller coaster is, and he's like and... super fly all the time. Oh or at yeah, least dude. he thinks he is. He's, he's just like. like... The character is the flyest dude ever. <laughs> like you want to be Stephen Price, as played by Jeffrey Rush. He has those sunglasses that are like tiny rectangles. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what he wears, and he's like talking about how scary Terror Incognita is. Yeah. So they they go up and like the elevator uh, malfunctions. Mm -hmm. I'm air quoting that. Right. I see it with my fingers. Nobody else can though. I gotta tell them like. So they get the full picture of what's happening right now. <laughs> so they are like riding up and it malfunctions and starts to fall. And, you know, the reporters are freaking out. Do what cracked me up about this scene is, is so that they fell 1,000 stories. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you were going to say? That they no, fell super high? I was going to say what cracked me up about that scene is the, uh, the cameraman. <clears throat> the elevator's falling and he's just jumping up and down and he's like, Oh no. And he's like reaching for the sky. Like he's trying to like be off the ground when the elevator hits. Like, I think he says, you've got to be kidding me. Or yeah. Kidding like, me. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, like the thousand foot falls, not going to break every, like just turn him to mush basically. Well, I thought because he said, um, price says that they're, uh, 20 stories. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. where the ride starts, but they, they fall in a, 2,000 pound elevator 
for like 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's a long ass Like time. quite a bit higher than 20 stories. And I know, I realized that it would have been very scary. Yeah. Like, I would have shit my pants. Yeah, if the screen... But I also probably eventually would have been like, wait a second. Why <laughs> <laughs> haven't we hit the ground yet? Yeah, we're going to... Well, that's something we're going to talk about too because... First of all, you would never think this was real in a million years because it was screens above and below them that had like CGI, like falling elevator stuff playing. So 90s CGI. So first of all, yeah, exactly. 1999. You can pull it off now. Yeah, yeah. So like, it looks fake as fuck to begin with, you know. But it's like, so you don't know this at first though. You're like, oh shit, 99. That's what falling an elevator looks like. <laughs> So they're just like falling, but then he like it stops and Price looks at him, and he's like smiling real Kinda big, like raises his eyebrows. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. <laughs> like, but he like gets all excited and looks over at him, and he's like, "From here on, it gets really scary." <laughs> so then they go to the real roller coaster. coaster, and somewhere in there, Evelyn calls him, and she's like, "I found where I wanted." To have my birthday party or something. This is his wife, who seems the bathtub lady. Just immediately, yeah, yeah, the girl, yeah, bathtub lady that we talked about earlier. She immediately just seems like the worst person on earth. Yeah, like as soon as you meet her, like all that has to come out of her mouth is like, "Hey, I found where I want to have my birthday party." Bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is the worst. So <clears throat> there's like that that short little scene right there that kind of just sets up the entire rest. It's a complete throwaway scene, but it's like, this sets up everything else that happens. <laughs> so the reporter and the cameraman get on the actual roller coaster, which is like nine loop-de-loops in yeah, a row a or something crazy. And so they go on it, and they're riding it, and the rail, like, comes up and, like, sticks up, and they're like, oh, no. Like, the, like, like the track is broken. Yeah, like the track is broken, and they're going to go flying off the roller coaster. What cracks me up is that they shoot an entire, like, as a joke on these people, they shoot an entire cart full. Of, it's like a, like 40 like, people in yeah, it. Yeah, like an entire uh, roller coaster train of carts. Like, I mean, oh. it was, there was like, <laughs> yeah, that too. But there was like 10 of them. You yeah, know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know, they each sit, seat two people, and there was like 10 of them. And it just launched them into the sky. Where did it go? That's what I. That's what I was gonna say. Like, so it's so obviously it's a big prank for the people on it, right? Like they're like, oh, oh my god, you know, like the rail pops up, and they there's actually a scene out. where they cut back to Price, and he's standing in like the control room or whatever, and a guy walks up, and he's like, "Hey, man, there's a problem. Or we got a problem." Or he whatever. says, "Houston, we may have a problem." Yeah, yeah, you know. It, Cuts back to the roller coaster, and then people are flying off into, like, the water or whatever in the roller coaster cart. And then it turns out the rail goes back down, and the people just keep going on it. But then it cuts to them with the with the dummy. It's like, oh, there's a malfunction on this dummy or whatever. The flailing limb mechanism. Yeah, the flailing they limb mechanism. Yeah, so they, they make him a screamer. Instead, one of these oh, fake yeah, yeah. dummy people that they shoot off in a car, like, <laughs> just a hundred feet in the air for fun. <laughs> they make a lot of money on the roller coaster. God, apparently. But, um... And they have to set that up every time they go. There's Wouldn't that slow your, like, productivity down as a roller coaster purveyor? 
Proprietor. Like, proprietor, yeah. Proprietor. If you're like having to skip a whole crew of people every single time so you can have this elaborate then how do you get the you things have, out of the water? Yeah, you would have to have it pay people to go get the carts out of the water every time. But do you know how would it's you not very get cost out of effective? Are they catching? <laughs> <laughs> are they catching them in nets <clears throat> and pulling the cars out? Is that I, is that in the realm of possibility? And I feel like it would only really be a surprise to the people that are riding it for the first day or two. It's open. Yeah, and then they're like, like the hey. grand opening, and then the next day. So they're spending like however much money on labor every day to pull these. And but do okay, how quickly are the cars going? Because like, you know how many fake ones you'd be pulling out of the same yeah. spot in the water every time people got on there to have like a car full of it's dummies like in front of them once every six hours. Flailers and screamers and everything. Dang, flailing limbs. This is the worst roller coaster setup. I've ever seen. I'm disappointed in Stephen Price. How did this guy even get funding for something like this? Well, he apparently did <clears throat> because he pays the people. That's the whole gimmick of the house, right? Yeah, he's paying them a million dollars. A million dollars each. Each to to whoever can stay in the house overnight. Yeah. But the thing is, they're not the people he invited. So after yeah. the roller coaster scene, yeah, yeah, um, he he gets on the phone with Evelyn, his wife, who they hate each other, but he secretly loves her, dude. It's a and weird then he hates her again. It's a disgusting yeah. relationship. We'll get to all that, but so he talks to her on the phone, and she tells him where she wants to have her birthday party or whatever. Um, so the next scene, it goes to him in his office. Sits down at his computer, writes up a guest list for her birthday. She sent him a guest list that yeah. was like, what'd she say, like four pages long or yeah. something for her birthday With, party. I'm sure, just a lot of fun people. You know, she's friends real, with her. She's a real nice. Yes. She's a real <laughs> nice. Sweet lady. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they, they, he writes, types the list up, gets up from his desk, leaves. Laptop still open, and then... A shadow passes over his laptop, and the names disappear, and new names are typed, are typed <laughs> by the shadow. Yes. So all the while playing Marilyn Manson music, I believe the Sweet Dreams play right there. I think so. I think I that's know when later. It plays. I know a part later where the Marilyn Manson plays. That's at the very end of the movie, though. Yeah, he, he plays at the very. I think I don't think it happens otherwise. But yeah, the, when the movie ends, it's yeah, "Sweet Dreams" by Marilyn Manson. Is that what he plays? I think it is. <laughs> no, I know it is. Neither I know it, is. Is I know, it Marilyn Manson? <laughs> no, I know it is at one point, but I don't know if there are more than one of his songs in the movie. I don't think so. I think is it's just "Sweet just Dreams." Dream. Maybe they played the, the whole movie. They just we're gonna play it in the background. We're gonna go off. We're gonna start talking about this for like fifteen minutes straight, trying to figure. Then we'll be like pulling it up on YouTube on your phone while one of us continues talking, just to like buy time until the other one finds the video. So after this, so he quick recap: his wife wants to have a party. She found the perfect place by finding this asylum that had hundreds of people burned alive inside of it. That's where she wants to have her birthday party. So he types up a guest list. 
on his own because he doesn't want to use her guest list. Then he leaves the room. They race, retypes with names nobody knows. And then we cut to the limos, which is the, this is the first introduction to like all of the main characters of this movie. Everything that's happened before now has nothing to do with what's yeah. about, except for the one throwaway scene of her saying, No, I want my birthday party. I know, I want, I want my baby birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we get our first like introduction to all of the main characters of this movie. You've got. Uh, Jennifer Jensen, played by Allie Larder. You've got Ta- uh, Eddie, played by Tay Diggs, mm-hmm. has the worst Best. dialogue I've ever heard <laughs> in an enti- in, a, in an entire movie. In one entire. Movie. <laughs> He's ter- he, he, I don't know. They just gave him some really terrible one-liners, and they and they just do not land. But anyway, uh, Bridget Wilson, who ended up marrying Pete Sampras later, now she's Bridget Wilson Sampras, uh, probably most famous for her turn on. Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Yes. Yep. And then uh, we have Allie. Oh, I said Allie Larder already. Jennifer Jennifer Jensen. Peter Gallagher. Jensen. Yeah, Peter Gallagher plays Blackburn. I honestly MD. can't think of anything that Peter Gallagher's in right now. Throw wow, it out there. I, I see your either. face. I see you thinking about oh it. Oh, my gosh. There's something. It, this is not the big something that popped into my head that I can't think of, but he was in Mr. Deeds. Yeah, he was in Mr. Deeds. You pulled that right out, man. I did. That was a good job. There's a big one. I'm pretty sure there's a movie I actually like that he's into, but I can't think of it. (laughs) I actually like. Mr. Deeds is not on my radar. So they walk up. They all pull up to this huge gate to the house on the cliff that we talked about earlier. Which all the okay. So I I would like to say that they spent most of their budget on this place, but it's obviously like a painting. Mm Mm-hmm. With like flashlights shining on it, which that's what I mean. Like thirty something million dollars for this movie, and they have a like old school painting for the asylum. Throw that crappy CG in there. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm 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 tr- going over in my head, and I don't know what they would have spent the money on. Dude, it's the A list <laughs> actors. That's what it is. That's it's the '90s A list. It was the '90s A list. They brought the oh, whole Lord. '90s A list in for this one. I guess. Early two thousands A list is probably more. Yeah, appropriate. maybe so. Maybe so. But nineties A list was like Nev Campbell. Oh yeah, you Nev know? Campbell Nev- for sure. Yeah, uh, Party Five and like all of the Friends cast. Party Five wasn't that what she was on? Yeah, and Scream. Scream. It was all about Scream, dude. Yeah. Scream was a mind blower when yeah. it came out. <laughs> yeah. So they all walk through. They walk up, and Chris Kattan yes. is standing at Pritchett. this giant gate. With the giant asylum behind him, and he is like, yeah, he plays Pritchett, who the is owner. Yeah, he, he owns, owns the house. It's his family's the house home. First of all, it's not a house; it's an asylum. Yeah, they don't live there; they just own the place. Yeah, so they, he's like telling them, "All right, let's go, let's go." He's like, he's like really pushing to get these people up to this house. Like, obviously, very nervous. So, and just so you guys know, this is like what twenty minutes into the movie, and there's been zero character development up to this point. Like you're literally just meeting the main characters of the movie, except you know that price and his wife are the worst people of all time. Mm -hmm. So they are walking up to this house. Pritchett takes them inside. Uh, Bridget Wilson plays Margaret Marr, who is the sleaziest, like, I was going to say reporter of all time, but just she's probably no. just a sleazy person in general. No, she wants to I don't even, I don't think she's a reporter. 
She said she had a TV show. Yeah, but she was like, I think it was like, like video journalism type stuff. And that's what she's trying to do. She remember she's trying to, so she's trying to catch something on film that'll get her like another TV show. And she actually literally says she's looking to fuck her way back to the top. So, and then Allie Larder's character, Jennifer Jensen says, uh, someone's trailer park is showing. Yes. I think her fucking Richter. Along with, along with Tay Diggs. I think they both have a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, Really bad. However you want to look <laughs> at it, one line, you yeah, know, or little just depending things. Depending on the say. person, yeah. it depends on your taste yeah. for one-liners. So they <clears throat> all go up to the house. They walk in, or the asylum. It looks like a house inside too. It almost looks like a mansion when you walk in. There's like a bar. Yeah, like, that's what I was talking about earlier. I think it's yeah. a really weird. You never. I don't. I. I don't think you ever really get a grasp on where you are when they're on oh, that yeah. floor. Like, when they're in the basements and stuff, you understand. But there's not, I guess, there's not an establishing shot, to me, anyway. No. I don't know. But I just didn't know what was going on. It was like the weirdest <laughs> setup ever. Like, what? It didn't look like you would think a lobby at a hospital would look, even though it's an insane asylum. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It looked like a club. It was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. Well, then you've got... Evelyn, ow, Evelyn walking down the stairs uh, and, like, greeting everyone, basically. Mm -mm. She comes in the door. Oh, that's right. After everybody. Price comes in. What does Tate Diggs say when he sees her walk in? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. Oh, damn, or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's not that good. Yeah, but it's something like that. Yes, I can't, oh, my gosh. Or some... Body. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. yes. So yeah, terrible, uh, terrible. Tay Diggs one liner number one within thirty seconds of meeting his character. So she comes in, she's talking to him, then all of a sudden the ceiling is made. It's like like stained glass, and it falls. It just like shatters and falls. Tay Diggs like hero runs over and dives and saves Evelyn from this giant shard of glass that almost stabs her in the face. Did you know that that was that she actually did her own stunt on that. And I did that not know that. If you, if you watch, because uh, he, he, he jumps in to save her, and they land on a table. He's like, her oh, yeah, face yeah. down on a table. And the glass, a huge glass shard, stabs into the table right by her face. Mm-hmm. And that, she actually did that. And that big piece of glass hit the table so hard that it bounces her head up off of the table. And oh that yeah, was that, yeah, and that was like—I mean, that was a real stunt that they did. I thought that was kind of cool. That is pretty cool. I didn't know that. And that's a huge piece of glass. Bounced her head up that. off a table. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't want that in the side of my face for sure, or any any glass. I guess you're talking about glass in your face. Not even little pieces. No. Anyway. <laughs> Not even tiny pieces of glass. <laughs> I don't even want that in my face. So he he saves her, and you find out that basically it's like this big game that Price set up for his wife on her birthday. Like he's got uh, the first of all, they obviously hate the shit out of each other, and we yeah. find out that she has tried to kill him. Yeah, with some kind of poison. Times. Yeah, he's like, tried to poison her. Or she's tried, she's to, poison tried to poison him. him, yeah. Yeah. 
It's not just like some game they play. It's like a real actual attempted murder. Yeah, yeah. He he tells her, too, at one point that she's corny as Kansas on the 4th of July, <laughs> which is <clears throat> just a terrible line for a 30-something million dollar horror movie they got a wide theatrical really that's that blows my mind about like the late 90s and early 2000s is they were just like take all of our money and make the worst horror movies you can and we'll release them all do you know why they were so widely released have you seen the trailers for 90s movies uh yeah they're the Bad. Probably the best trailers of all time. Yeah. It's always like, in a world where, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time. Yeah, every it's the same guy on every trailer. I watched the trailer for this movie before we watched it. Sweet trailer. It's super awesome. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about how scary it was when we were kids versus the scariness <laughs> now. Yes. Yeah. So they, um, Pritchett obviously is like freaked out at this point. He doesn't even want to be in this place. And it's very, and this sounds so crazy because it's like all of this stuff that's happening literally doesn't matter at all. Like there's all this like ridiculous interaction between characters that is just completely pointless. True. Cause there's like, I mean, eventually it leads to everybody getting separated and they're wandering around the house and, crazy shit starts happening. So like every ghost movie with a group of people ever made. <laughs> well, we find out that Pritchett's dad and grandfather died in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which would, it's obvious now why he is so nervous and he keeps, yeah. re- he repeatedly asks price for his money. He wants to get paid so he can leave. Yeah. And Bri- that's when we find out that price is going to pay everyone a million dollars if they can make it through the night. And if a person dies, then the rest of the guy, the rest of the survivors divvy up that money between themselves. So there's the possibility if everyone dies of taking home $5 million, which I mean, that's to me, that's a pretty good excuse for some desperate people to kill each other. I know. I just about spoiled the movie just now too. Don't do it. I didn't. You're the you're the spoiler master. Not anymore. We can be like me fi- just not spoil. We, <laughs> we can be like five minutes in. And you're like, dude. Yeah, remember that like last five minutes of the movie? <laughs> that was so good. And you're like going into detail about what happened. So everybody's like they're talking and they're like they find out they they could make all this fucking money doing this stuff and. Well, they they had didn't they ask about before that they asked if the money was legit. Oh yeah, because well we actually Jennifer Jensen we actually asked. learned about the money in the limos. Yeah, when, when they're they riding the up in the limo, it, yeah. it they're all reading their invitations, invitations and it says something about it. But this, yeah, they're just learning about it just now whether yeah. it's a legit thing or right. He like sits down and like writes out checks to cash for a million dollars. For each one of them, basically. So, this... Now there's the crazy, like... All of a sudden, all of these, like, giant uh, metal doors just start, like, falling. The gears kick on. So we find out that this is the same lockdown procedure that Vanekit used, basically, to... Dude, I say basically all the time. I know. We talked about this last time. <laughs> that that Vanekit uses... I almost said it just now again. 
Oh, dude, I'll say basically too much. So basically, this is what happened. Vanikit, this is the same lockdown procedure that Vanikit used to trap everyone in because he wanted all of his patients to die with him if he was going to die. So the this huge fight, a riot broke out, and they killed all of the uh, the people that worked there. And then Vanikit hits this lever and shuts all these big giant metal doors, closes up all the windows, and locks everybody inside while it burns. And it killed everybody. So this lockdown has just been reengaged by, you know, unknown persons. Yeah. Everybody repeatedly thinks, like throughout the movie, that it's Price. Yeah. Like yeah. I wonder how many times in the movie he says, you know, like what it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> in different, he says it in different ways every me. time. But but. He says it like 20 times. Everything that happens, they think it's him. Yeah. But the place locks down. Pritchett really loses it. Yeah, he's like, super upset. Trying, like dives at the door to try to get out from under it and like sprints to the windows. Dude, and is like, Chris Kattan being textbook Chris Kattan? Like that yeah. like neurotic, like craziness. I, lo- I love Pritchett in this movie. I he's think probably it's, the best part of the movie. Yeah, I think the character's great. He's the one that tells them that, that Vanikit uh, threw the switch, and that's why everybody burned in 1931. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when he tells them, too, that there were five survivors. Yeah. Five staff members that survived. <laughs> that was loud. That was super loud. I'm so sorry. But yeah, so what happens when you leave a beer can on top of a phone that's <laughs> up to vibrate? So yeah. they... they uh, Five five staff members survived, basically. That's like the takeaway from this. Vanikit burned it down, and five people survived. So Now that we've said it 14 <laughs> times, I wonder if it's important. <laughs> Should I be writing this down? So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the whole premise of what's going on right now, but we'll get into that So basically, later. basically next, uh, everybody's like, Pritchett's like, well, fuck. Yeah, he keeps, get telling, out. he keeps telling him that the house is evil. Yeah. It's so alive. He goes in and sits down and starts pouring himself a drink. Because he's like, well, this sucks. I, he knows what's up. And um, everybody's asking him what to do, blah, blah, blah. Can we go do this? Can we go do that? Yeah. So this is when everybody starts venturing into yeah, the basements. Yeah, because Eddie and Jennifer, so Tay Diggs and Allie Larder, ask. like They say there's got to be like a control room somewhere. So they go into the basement to find the control room, see if they can reverse these Pritch- metal doors. And Pritchett's like, you don't want to go he down there. He strongly yeah. you know, advises that they don't go. Do not <laughs> go down there. The house is alive. We're all going to die. And they're like, we'll go find it. They're yeah. just like, yeah, <laughs> don't care. Whatever crazy. Yeah. And so they go down into the basement, and Pritchett leads them. Pritchett ends up like leading them down into the basement. And the first thing that happens when they get down there is they flick the light switch on and there's like glass cases all around them full of skinned bodies and then a skinned demon baby? I don't know. I don't know what... I think it might have been just like a fetus. Like a small... Yeah. I don't know. Like, but it was like one of those um, things that they do. I don't know what they're called, but it's like each layer of the body. Yeah. You know, they like open them up and yeah. then preserve them or whatever. That was what it was, but it was like done in a, they flip the lights on. It's just, but there's also a demon baby. There's like a small child with horns. 
No, there's no horns. Dude, yes, he does. About? It's like a crown of horns. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Why didn't I take a picture of that? I see just a baby. No. It's got horns. Filleted. Hey. <laughs> okay. It's got horns, dude. I don't know. I don't remember that, but you might be right. There's we also very, skipped one tiny horns. thing here. Everybody looks over when they're all standing upstairs and they see a coffin sitting in the corner of the room. Oh, yeah. So, Stephen Price has a coffin full of tiny coffins <laughs> with, with guns with in them. guns in them. So, everybody has guns and the clips have been welded shut. So, yes. that's something that happens that kind of plays into a major thing that yeah, happens like, later. Well, this that that part kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier where I don't understand the room, the the floor that they're on, the first floor. Because they're all there for like 20 fucking <laughs> minutes talking. Talking oh, yeah. just like, oh, what are we going to do? All this crazy stuff happened. Chris Catan's running around the room to different <laughs> windows trying to open <laughs> Trying stuff. to pry them open. And then all of a sudden, there's like, oh, look, look at that coffin with smoke coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody noticed it. Nobody saw that and was like, What's that weird coffin doing with smoke <laughs> yeah. over there? Then they go and open it up, and it's literally a big, normal human-sized coffin filled with six baby-sized coffins. <laughs> six pistol-sized coffins. Yeah, <laughs> with guns inside of it. I don't know. It was just a super weird scene. So anyway, they go, uh, they go down to the basement. Pritchett's leading Eddie and Jennifer. They see the horn baby. Mm-hmm. And the skinned horse with a man on the back. It's pretty cool looking, though. Mm-hmm. I liked that part. Mm-hmm. That part was kind of freaky. I would have been freaked out if I would have seen that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So we cut to the security guard station. Price comes in and says, oh, I was really excited about the way you did that lockdown. Like, I don't know yeah. how you figured out how to do that, but great job. And the guy says that it wasn't him. Yeah, because he has his his... Whatever, his henchman. Yeah, his, you know, him. his employee, I guess, yeah. is there because he actually was intending on pulling pranks on people or, uh, you know, scary, yeah, and scary think, things to everybody. He there. thinks the lockdown was yeah. one of those, which it was really not. Yeah. It's evil. I'm, I'm pretty sure his. It's alive. I'm pretty sure his employee's name is Skector. Skector. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up. Skechter! Are you watching those screens? But I think that's what it is. Well, Price has been convinced that his wife is doing it. So his wife is telling everyone that he's doing it. And he's convinced that she's doing it. So, major plot point. (laughs) That comes back to bite everyone in the ass later. So, we cut back to, to Pritchett, Eddie... And Jennifer walking around in the basement, right? So uh-huh. they're walking. Price shows up at some point. He like freakishly appears yeah. out of nowhere. It was yeah. He just pops around the corner of the basement, which <laughs> like they just like just previous to this, they turned the lights on. Like, yeah. They had to. Yeah. She had to rewire the wiring in the wall to get the lights on in the basement. And then yeah. they're not even com- like any in any way worried that. Price just pops around the corner, just like, "Hey guys, <laughs> hello." <laughs> so he he shows up, and uh, they find a room, like they see this room that's like half bricked over, and Jennifer says something about you know somebody went through a lot of trouble to try to block up that room, and Pritchett's like, 
horrified like he always is. <laughs> Looks like he's about, his head's about to explode because they see it. And then there's a weird like it zooms in on the door to the room and there's like blood, like fresh blood on it, and then like worms start growing out of it. Do you know what I think those are? I just realized this this time when we. Are watched you gonna spoil it. the end of the movie? Maybe I shouldn't. Say. <laughs> no, well, I know exactly where you're going with uh, this. We'll talk about it later. Okay. We'll we'll circle back. Circle back. We'll do the old, the, the classic circle back later, and we'll <laughs> hit that when we come back, so you don't ruin the end of the movie. <laughs> See, dude, you were jumping all over that. I can't help it. <laughs> so they end up uh, walking into like an electroshock therapy room. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they talk about it for a second, then they leave another room and go to the saturation. So it's ba- the saturation chamber, which is basically they're just setting up all these places where stuff's going to happen yeah. later in the yes. movie. Quite obviously. And so Pritchett says the saturation chamber was something that Vanica devised that he said that what would drive a sane man mad would drive a madman sane. So basically, yeah. So basically they put crazy people or, you know, criminally insane people in this thing and i think they specifically said schizophrenia with the saturation oh that's right it is yeah you're right they definitely do say that but it's like a weird room with a bunch of flashy lights and it's like it spins and yeah weird stuff happens it's super weird and then tay diggs has one of his classic one-liners right here they explain to him what it does and he goes did it work <laughs> and then like walks <laughs> off. That's it. Like, did somebody write that was Tay Diggs like improving all these <laughs> dope lines that he has? So then uh they turn around and Pritchett and Price are both gone. Eddie and Jennifer are walking. They're just like walking like normal everyday walk through the basement of this house and then after walking for a quarter mile, they decide to turn around and see that the people that they were with are no longer with them. And then it shows Price and Pritchett doing the exact same thing, walking a different direction. They're just like, do, 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 do. And there's nobody with them anymore. Well, dude, it's the house messing with them. About that. They don't know what's going on. It's the house. You people. wouldn't notice, though? With the house throwing Bad voices? House. Maybe the house just does whatever it wants. I don't know, man. This is when... This is when Jennifer finds the electrical wiring. And then Eddie sexually assaults her. Mm-hmm. He, he says up. something, too. Doesn't he have a one-liner right here? Yeah. He, so he like g- literally just cups both of her butt cheeks and pushes her, on. her up onto this chair so she yeah. can mess with the electrical wiring. Yeah. And she like looks back, and she's like... Oh. No, she's like pissed about it at first, yeah. and then she's like... <laughs> she hands off mister or something. <laughs> She's pissed about it at first. She says, hey, pal, and then, like goes to turn around. And when she looks at him, he just like smiles at her and says, what? And, yeah, then, she, yeah. and then she gets all yeah. giddy about Blue. it. <laughs> he said a word. <laughs> so then, then he says, though, he goes, it's the most fun I've had all day. <laughs> And I was just like, what the fuck, man? Tay Diggs just, maybe they wrote these lines for him and he just can't pull them off. Sorry to knock <laughs> Tay Diggs so much. I just think he's one of the worst parts of the movie. Sorry to knock him, but Dude, he's literally he the worst thing about this. He is like the heroic one. You got to cut him some break. Just cut him some break. <laughs> cut him a little break, bro. Just cut him a break, man. But that makes sense. 
Yeah, you changed it. <laughs> you didn't say the same thing I said. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. I'm just talking at this point. Just staring at you and speaking words. <sighs> so they... He also calls her out. So Eddie and Jennifer are walking alone, and he calls her out and says that she is not who she says that she is. And she's like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And, like, it's all flirty with them. And then then they get separated from yeah, each other. Divide and conquer, man. Yeah. yeah. So then Jennifer is, like, she's like decides she's going to tell him who she really is, right? She was the... She said at the beginning, which we skipped the whole introduction thing because it doesn't really matter anyway, but she says that she's the VP of some company. Mm-hmm. It turns out she was the assistant to the VP, and she had just gotten fired. This letter had been sent to the VP of the company. Who was Jennifer Jensen. Who was Jennifer Jensen. So pay attention to that <laughs> <laughs> for later. <laughs> so after walking and talking for once again like a quarter of a mile she's like oh wait eddie's gone she turns around like what the fuck is wrong with these people like the first thing i would notice is like that you're not standing right (laughs) next to me anymore like we're walking through this basement of this creepy house and you're gone so she walks by herself for a while then she sees eddie creepily creep by a door and she's like eddie and starts like yelling at him and she follows him for it does it a couple times where she'll go to a hallway and it shows him at the end standing yeah. there just staring at her. So she chases him. Yeah. So it's leading her somewhere. Yeah. Eventually she chases him back to this room, which I, I remember this part like freaking me out when I was a kid and it's really not scary at all anymore. Like her uh, following him. Oh, no. I thought you meant the next part. No. Yeah. So she finds him in this room and there's like this big, it looks black, like vat. You can't tell what stuff. it is at first. Yeah. yeah. And then she, he just like falls into this big vat full of black liquid and it turns out it's blood. She runs over and she's saving him and she's like trying to pull him out and stuff and he's like under the water and then she's like shoulder deep in this stuff like she's yeah. reaching her arms in and like then all, all of a sudden you hear Eddie say, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> like the way he said it was so funny and uh, she looks up and Eddie's there so she was chasing something else, something else, something the house Eddie like she was chasing the house but then but then this is where I actually thought it you know it's pretty scary. But after she looks up and sees Eddie, she she you know looks down at the blood like you know what do I got a hold of? Yeah, and then it starts trying to pull her in. After yeah, that. yeah, and that was pretty. I thought that was pretty intense. Yeah, every it, time I've ever seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day, you first saw this when you were like eleven. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a bunch of times. It'll too. probably for forever scare you for the rest. I, I of I never your life. liked it. So. The next person that kind of wanders off by themselves is Margaret Marr, which is Bridget Wilson's character. And she goes down, sees the skinless thing. She's trying to get some weird shit on tape for her show. Yeah. Uh, Then she's walking around and she looks into a room on her camera and you see Dr. Vanneket and like some of his nurses gathered around a body just cutting this guy open. And she like pulls her camera down and nobody's there and puts it back up and they're there again. And they all turn and look, look at, at her. her. Yeah. Now, okay, so this scene right here, when I was a kid, literally scared the living shit out of yeah, me. Totally. So she turns around, there's this dude standing in the hall, into the hall, and there's obviously something wrong with his head. Like it shaped you, you can, weird. Yeah, you can tell it looked, it's a person or a thing, it looks like a person with white pants on, and that's it. 
Yeah. Like hospital, you know. Yeah, pants. they got like scr- white scrubs. White on scrubs or something, or something like yeah. that. But no shirt or nothing. But you can tell something's definitely going on with the head, but you can't. It's in shadow still. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just appears right in front of her face. And so adult Ryan sees like an upside down ball sack that has been shaved with eyeballs. It doesn't even have eyeballs. That's the shape of its head for me. It doesn't have eyes. It doesn't have eyes. Just see, I remember there's something later that doesn't have eyes. This doesn't either. Oh, well, it's still scary. It looks like an upside down ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, and it just like, it runs up and, or, you know, super fast appears in front of her. It doesn't run. It's just there. Well, and then. And then it like yells at her. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like, like <laughs> making this horrible noise, like super loud, like. And moving its head super fast. Yeah, and then she screams, and it shows her screaming, and her hair blows back like the wind's hitting her. Yeah. And she has this, like, vision. It's like a super quick, like... Flashes. Flashes of, like... I I don't really know what it was. I think it was torture. There were some nipples, for sure. It was... was, There were some bloody teeth. It was real fast clips of, um, like, the horrible shit that happened when the asylum... Uh, burnt down and stuff. It was weird. It was real fast, just real fast, horrible death. Some chicken a sex swing. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like I said, bleeding teeth. Everybody's biggest fear. There's lots of weird stuff like that. Now that we, t- now that you say it. Yeah. There's this the part in the water later. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> nice save. Yeah. Way to save yourself from ruining this movie. Not that anybody gives a shit anyway. Movie's eighteen we, years old. Literally, if they've ever listened to this before, they know that we we just talk about the entire movie anyway. Yeah, if you're worried about eighteen year old spoilers, then <laughs> f yourself. There's no need for that. So basically, uh, so there's this part where they realize they all go downstairs, right, to look for her because they hear her scream. Yeah, yeah, they hear her scream, and you know, there's a little bit of just kind of pointless talking for a little while. Yeah, they find a. Pool of blood with her camera laying in it. And then Eddie says, where'd she go? She could have disappeared into thin air. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Jennifer Jensen says, no, not thin air. Into the house. Oh, yeah. Because her bloodstream blood leads, in, leads to a wall on the ceiling. And they're like, she's inside the house now. <laughs> the house well, took her. Well, I mean, it does. It was strange. Because they, like, followed it from the floor. And then. Went yeah, to the, it went to the wall, and then it goes straight. It it went all the way to the corner of the floor, and then ninety degree right angle, you know, <laughs> like, fucking straight up. Quit trying to justify this movie with science <laughs> and mathematics. Is that right? Yeah, ninety like, degrees. A ninety degree angle. Yeah, yeah, it's like where a wall meets a ceiling. Man, perpendicular line. I feel dumb because I just, you just I threw your fist in like Thor or something <laughs> minus the hammer. I just started thinking about it too much and I just felt dumb. You just had <laughs> one of those weird things where you like know you're right, but you're like, oh fuck, I yeah. sound like an idiot. Exactly. So they we go back to the main hall. Jennifer watches the tape from Margaret's camcorder yeah. that she had with her, and we see Margaret like falling on the ground. Her hand flops. In front of the, uh, the, what are those called? Camcorders? <laughs> yeah. 
in front of the camcorder, and she's like making this horrible gurgling noise, and her hands like flopping around everywhere. And, and Evelyn's still convinced that Price is playing a huge joke on everyone. <laughs> Everyone's in on it, apparently, except for her. So then she decides she's gonna point a gun at Price, and she shoots at him. And we find out the guns that they were given that were welded shut are actually loaded. And she says, funky old house, ain't it? (laughs) (laughs) So, was the gun that Price gave her loaded? Uh, Price said he loaded them with blanks because everybody knows that she would kill him. Like, basically, like, he's like, I would never give you a loaded gun. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I guess then it doesn't make sense to me why she said that. No. What? Like, funky, funky old, old house, ain't it? Because she knew it was the evil spirit, So man. she knew that she was like, I can totally just shoot these blanks and probably kill him. <laughs> I've already got my after after shot phrase, I'm going to say. Yeah, she was like, oh, man. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you were supposed to be dead when I said that. It would have been so much cooler. <laughs> So we cut to Price now, and he goes to the he goes back to his security guy who's monitoring the situation. And this is a cool. This is like my favorite like because this movie is not very violent no. for some reason. I remembered it being violent. It's not. Mm-hmm. So they, which sucks. But, but they turn they turn the security guy around. Price he does. comes barreling in like yelling at him because he's yeah. just like, hey, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is fucked up. And yeah, and, and he turns him around. And his whole face is caved in, and it's such a cool, like... I think it's gone. Yeah, like, it's like... No, yeah, like, yeah. It looks like somebody scooped it out with an ice cream scooper. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're right. his bottom teeth are still there. Like, just a couple of them. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Somebody literally scooped out from his jaw up with an (laughs) ice cream scoop. Oh, dude, it was... That was a cool scene. I always liked that scene a lot. I did, too. So then Price looks at the monitor, and he sees Dr. Vanekit. Yes. In Evelyn's room, doing the Ray Harryhausen stop motion animation movements, Jeffrey Combs just killing it, being creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's it is. Yeah, so always scary. He goes to her room and she's gone. He gets there and Evelyn's gone. And then we get this stupid little montage of uh, it's basically Jennifer and Eddie are trying to break out of the house. Blackburn's looking for Margaret. And Price is looking for Evelyn, and Pritchett's looking for alcohol. Like that's all he does this whole movie. Chris Kattan's character just gets drunk the whole time. So after this stupid montage scene, there's a all the electricity in the house starts flickering. So everybody runs downstairs, and they find Evelyn strapped to the table, and she like takes them like takes them like yeah yeah. What did I say? (laughs) You just said strapped to the table. Strapped to the table. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they're like the power in the whole place is going in and out is because all yeah. the power is it, shocking her. It takes everyone literally five minutes to find the switch the power to switch. turn this thing off. So she's just getting electrocuted as fuck for a long time. And they finally turn it off, pull this like cover that's over her mouth off, and she starts bleeding out of, out her. Of her mouth everywhere. Uh and Blackburn check checks her. her and says yeah. she's dead. And says she's dead. Yeah, Blackburn checks her pulse and says that she's gone. So then Price, for some reason, decides to pull his gun out and start pointing it at everyone because he thinks that one of them is doing, doing this for the money, basically. So they're, not, they're taking everybody out for the money. Uh, Even though Evelyn wasn't in the game anyway. But killing yeah. her is not going to help you yeah. win more money. No. So yeah. they... End up locking Price in the saturation chamber. 
and Blackburn volunteers to stay behind and keep an eye on him. So Blackburn like thinks it's funny. Like he's like jokingly like, I can't hear what you're saying. He's like teasing him. Yeah. Why price is like, please let me the fuck out of this (laughs) thing. And Blackburn like looks over and there's like a big, like everything's like a throw switch, like a foot tall throw switch to turn everything (laughs) off and on. And he's like, what's this out here? And, uh, Price is like, no, no. And Blackburn throws the switch, which turns on the saturation chamber, which is like, so this is the weirdest scene of the movie. And it was, it's creepy. Like, it's like this weird surrealist nightmare that the saturation chamber makes him have. And he actually, they have goggles hanging in the middle of the saturation chamber that say, in case of extreme psychotic disturbance. So he grabs one and puts them on because he's losing his shit in his <laughs> saturation chamber. So it's spinning around him. It's like a flip book, kind of. Yeah. And, like, it's Vanneket, and he's, like, bouncing a ball. Like, I think he's riding a unicycle, isn't he? Oh, at first, something like uh, that. Yeah, he might not be at all. And but then I he just like stops, he and it's not like a flip book anymore. And he, like, comes towards yeah. Price. And then Price starts having the weirdest vision. He starts out, he's, like, on a gurney, and there's a woman hanging in a sex swing, which is, like, from a flash, part of the flash. That's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. And then there's these two girls crouched in a corner with blood, like, pouring out of their mouths. And then it shows him swimming in water with a naked woman. With bl- that was the, the water part I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, and he blood just, starts pouring out of yeah, her mouth. She's dead in the water. Yeah, and then she appears again, like, facing him out of nowhere, and she throws her hair back underwater, and she's got just this huge gaping mouth with no eyes. And it's she looks Did, like a human Muppet, and it yeah, freaks me out, yeah. dude. Like, that's a really like gnarly part so then yeah i agree cuts back to price in the saturation chamber he sees vanneket again bouncing a ball up and down this time (laughs) and he throws the ball and it cuts and it's evelyn standing there and she's holding the ball and then she bounces it and when it comes back up it's price's head and then it's like this is where all the money (laughs) like some some like ridiculous maniacal laughter (laughs) Super good CG right here. I think this is the only part of the movie they used actual CG was the head. Because it wasn't a, you know. I don't know. I think it was a prosthetic head. Uh-uh. Are you no. sure? Dude, K&B, man. Come on. K&B hasn't used a prosthetic head for it that. It wasn't. Man, 30, I swear it wasn't. $30 fucking million, dollars, man. That's where it went. They're just like, let's not use prosthetic heads. Let's use the Dude, 1999 is like the peak of CGI. Let's just use that instead. <laughs> Look how real it looks. Straight up killed it. So now we cut to Eddie and Jennifer. They're exploring again by themselves. I don't know why anybody didn't just stay in the goddamn main hall because literally nothing happens. They spend the whole movie just walking around together. The basement. Yeah. Everybody. They're just like, oh shit, nothing's happened up here. Let's go fucking wander around the basements (laughs) for two hours and see what happens. So this is when they find Dr. Vanneket's office. And they find oh, a yeah. class of 1937 staff picture. And, oh, shit, everybody that's there is related to the five, to the five. surviving members, members, staff members, staff members of Dr. Vanneket's Asylum. So the computer changed the guest list to invite the surviving, the people that didn't die, the descendants of the people that didn't die in the original fire. That they want to, it wants to claim them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wants that. It, it's owed their souls, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, so scary. <clears throat> this is uh, my favorite part. Of the whole movie? In the, in the entire movie. No okay. way. So Pritchett's doing his like walking exposition thing. He's just talking about exactly what's going on and explaining <laughs> it to the audience for a couple of minutes. And then he says that the evil in the house travels through light beams oh. and electricity, right? Uh-huh. Then Jennifer looks at him and says, you mean like through a phone line? <laughs> through the internet? <laughs> so she totally like, so that's, we get the, immediately get the explanation as to how the ghost changed the list, but also, what? <laughs> like, she was so sure so fast. That's yeah. what got, gets me. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh. It was totally not light beams or other electricity. <laughs> Phone lines. <laughs> Phone lines? You mean through the internets? But yeah, she has... Yeah. So she figured it all out. Like everybody else in the world as soon as they it's heard him say that. she's street smart. <laughs> Jennifer Jensen knows how to hotwire... Building, <laughs> yeah, it can't be all be on the same well, circuit. That's how, yeah, that's how Eddie found out she wasn't who she said. So big, big thing here. They find out that Blackburn's name is not on the list. They right. say, "Wait, Blackburn's not on here, right?" Mm-hmm. So then we cut to Blackburn right here. It's just like, bam, rapid fire twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they cut to Blackburn, and he is. With Evelyn. First, he's feeling up her dead body. Yeah. He's, like, feeling on her boobs. He even touches that old crotchers. Yeah. He gets He totally goes for it. Yeah, and then he goes, cool. <laughs> After he does it, I was like, what the fuck? So who, who the fuck wrote that line? Dude, we should have him say, cool. In, like, the sleaziest voice ever after he feels up this dead body. So then he shoots her with, like, a, adrenaline or something because yeah. they, he gave her atropine right. Slowed her heart to down slow her heart rate down to where she, the appearance of being dead, basically. So they start talking, and you find out that... They start making out. Yeah, first. they start... She wakes up kissing him. They're basically dry humping on the yeah. exam table in the basement of this fucking asylum that they're finding murdered people everywhere in. So, okay. So they're like, obviously, they obviously know each other, been been hooking up. Yeah, they're boning each other. Yeah. Okay, so... And they're trying to kill Steven and get his money. How did his name get on the list? Or did she just invite him? He just showed up. She must have just invited him. I don't know if he was on the original list. I think because they were planning together to kill Price and everyone else. At her birthday party then, At her birthday party and say it was... The house, I get. What was their, what was their plan? How they were going to explain it? How they were going to explain it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It really doesn't add up. Though. No, it really doesn't. It never says any of the things we just talked about. No, it's just so, like, oh, here's this guy, and she died, and now they're making out, <laughs> yes. planning on killing her husband with previous plans. So, but the thing is, though, so they twist number two coming up on you within forty five seconds. <laughs> She turns around and she's like, he's like, how are we going to convince Price that it's the house doing it or whatever or something like that? We I need don't a, know. Something I don't, stupid. I, I was trying to think and I don't remember. I, damn it. I don't remember what he we'll said. We'll chalk either. this one up to terrible writing. <laughs> so he, he, uh, she turns around and she's like, well, he needs to, he needs another body. Yeah. And she turns around and just guts him with a scalpel. So if she has been fucking this guy, she's literally the worst person 
on Earth anyway. Yeah. And she kills so, him. So double twist. I always thought um, that scene right there where, where she kills Blackburn because I always thought it was like really creepy and unsettling because she stabs him several times and then it, the camera changes to his actual point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So it shows him and he's like, he's it's what he's seeing and he falls, he hits the wall and like slides down and he's looking up at her and his vision starts to go black around the edges. And, oh know. yeah. I know. What you're and talking then it about. just like fate goes, goes black all the way. And the last thing he sees is her. And then it's just like, he's dead. I well, was that, that was so like, man, that would all be really effective if he didn't look like, a human child acting like he was dying. <laughs> yeah. He was like, eyes really wide. He was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, just like laying in the floor, writhing, making these horrible faces. He looks more like he was surprised at a birthday party than he was. He just got stabbed <laughs> in the stomach with a scalpel. Yeah, it's not really done well. No. On Peter Gallagher's part, but <laughs> I thought the the way they shot it was cool. So we cut back to Pritchett, Eddie, and Jennifer at this point. They find blood everywhere and a bone saw with blood all over it uh, down where we just saw Evelyn and yeah, uh, get killed. Blackburn. Evelyn killed Blackburn, yeah. So they go back to the saturation chamber. They open the door. And Blackburn's severed head is like... <clears throat> so they walk up and you can see Blackburn's face looking at the people. And they're yeah. like... Oh, it's Blackburn. <laughs> Silly Fucking guy. Blackburn, man. Always joking. And they've opened the they open it up and just like his head's like sitting on like this little shelf inside of the door and his whole like headless body just falls out and Price no is gone. blood. There were some entrails on the head. <laughs> head entrails. Head entrails. I mean, they're still <laughs> whatever. They were pulled out from the lower part of the body. True. Maybe not entrails. I like that word though. It works. I like to use that word. Do it. So Jennifer hears uh, Margaret crying at one point. Uh, she's looking for uh, looking for her. Like she's following the noises of her crying. And as she's doing that, somehow people, somehow they got separated again, first of all. Jennifer's by herself. I don't remember how that happens. But she's by Not herself. And she's stumbling around like, help. And where is everyone? <laughs> Help. Where are is everyone? <laughs> and they she walks in in like the where the staircase is coming down from upstairs and Price like stumbles out with blood all over him. And he's like, Help me, help me, or whatever. Oh, and yeah. she like pulls the gun out and literally just unloads an entire clip into him, which is I guess ever would that be your immediate reaction? I don't know. I mean they do think that yeah, but they also no, think he, it's they the think, house. They yeah, think they don't think he killed anybody. They just he pulled a gun on him and then they put him in there. Yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't. Well, they have... found Blackburn's body and thought he did it, but how? Oh yeah, that's right. He talked Blackburn into opening it and then somehow mutilated his body with nothing. I don't know. Oh, the bones. You're giving them it. too much credit. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, thinking. you can't explain this shit. There's no. There's no explanation for what's <laughs> going on right now. So. Eddie and Pritchett show up, take the gun from Jennifer. They go back upstairs. Evelyn then appears in front of Price's body, slopping around in her fucking wet, bloody dress. And she walks <laughs> over to Price. And uh, I think it was pretty obvious to me here that he had a bulletproof vest on. Yeah. Like, you could see it through his shirt. Yeah. And he's laying there just, like, playing dead. Playing and she dead. basically says, 
uh, <clears throat> that she has always loved his money. Like she's like talking to him, like talking shit into his dead face and says, I've always loved your money. And then he wakes up and grabs twist number three. Yes. He wakes up, grabs he's, her by her throat and says, I'm goddamn Steven Price. He's had enough. Yeah. <laughs> so he like throws her around and tells her that he has known about Blackburn from day one. And he's been like bugging her, bugging stuff. their phone calls yeah. and having people follow her. And she's known about it from the start. And then he's going to, then he's going to murder her with the greatest of pleasure. So they're finally like really at each other's throats. And he throws her through the door. Oh, yeah. The, that's the, being bricked up. Yes. So she lands in there, and he's like, Evelyn, get up. Evelyn, get up. Because the floor turns into the magnets, like from the beard guy. You yeah, know, when you were That's a kid. what I was going <laughs> to say, too. It looks like magnets. <clears throat> yeah, it's like the, the beard guy where you, like, make a beard on a little thing with the magnets. Little magnet. shavings. Yeah. It's got the metal yeah. shavings. It's exactly what it looks like. It's like magnetized metal shavings. And I, so I guess sliding across the floor. I guess that it's represents like, oh. pure evil. The and purest. <laughs> so it, it then it forms a CGI shadow ghost made up of the souls of the from the asylum that had died. It's in like the asylum. a Rorschach deal is what it looks like. I know I know you can see the bodies and the people it's in horrible. it, and stuff, but it's like a it's like perfectly symmetrical. It's like the most disappointing end movie horror thing I've ever seen. Dude, I'd run from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it looks so stupid. There's a couple parts. It's like a charcoal painting. There's a couple parts, though, where it does. It looks kind of silly most of the time, like the way it moves around and stuff. But there's a couple times where it, like, reaches for somebody or something. And I think it looks cool and scary. But anyway. <laughs> agree, to, agree to disagree. <laughs> so so they, they uh, Evelyn gets dissolved by the ghosts then. The shadow her. ghost. She, like, not dissolved. Takes her soul. Yeah, she turns into, like... Her body decays ash. or something. Yeah, she, like, turns into, like, ash or something and becomes one with the house ghosts. So it eats her. Then Steven, like, freaks out, and he's walking backwards, and he bumps into this glass case, which then opens up, and it's Margaret's Melissa's body. Melissa's her name. No. Melissa Margaret Moss. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Damn it. Melissa's her first name. I think you've been calling her Margaret the whole time. I have been. So go back. Anyway. Find and replace. <laughs> so she is inside of this glass case, but she's been completely mutilated. Like, like her body's separated into all the different parts. Yeah, there's like her heart and her lungs and everything, and her head is fully intact. Just like it literally is it is literally Bridget Wilson sticking her head through like a piece of sheetrock. Yeah. And like and holding like still. <laughs> And it's a silly face she's making, too. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the worst death face I've ever seen. <laughs> she looks more like she was about to give someone a blowy than she did, than, like, about to die. So <clears throat> it cuts to the others all. They're trying to pry windows open. Pritchett, Eddie, Jennifer. Uh, the ghost is moving so slow. Price is at the top of the stairs, and the door has been closed now, and he can't get it back upstairs. And the ghost is, like, moving, like, an earthworm climbing up these stairs to get to Price. So they finally, uh, Pritchett goes to open the door to help him, and when he opens it, Price bursts in, and Pritchett gets grabbed by the ghost and absorbed into the ghost's body. Poor Pritchett. I'm so sad. Yeah. He was super drunk at this point. He was. Because he all he did was shit. drink the whole movie. So the door closes, and Price comes out, and he's like, <laughs> like he like really like oh, get out of here in both of their faces 
individually. Yeah. yeah. Eddie and Yeah, he goes from one to the other and screams <laughs> run in their face. So <clears throat> the door then busts open, the shadow comes pouring out like it looks like rushing water, basically. Like a but, wave pouring through a doorway. But scary rushing water. Yeah, for sure. Kinda. No, not really. Not really. scary. So Price says Pritchett was right, the house is alive. Finally. We they finally all, realize. <laughs> so they all turn and run to escape when the thing busts through the door, and the hallway turns into a giant mouth with yeah. like huge, like gangly, sharp teeth, and it's like eating the hallway, eating the hallway behind them. Which that was actually kind of cool because I, I like that kind cool of looking. effect. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like the old like. It reminds me of like Friday the Third or Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm sorry, Nightmare on mm-hmm. Elm Street or something like that. Like it's a thing that would happen in a dream. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I so, always liked it, too. Yeah, that's a cool scene. And Price, he goes upstairs because he's like, there's got to be pulleys somewhere. There's a pulley system. So he goes oh, upstairs. Oh, the attic. <laughs> yeah, he goes into the attic, which nobody has thought to even look in this entire time. And he goes up. First of all, he never found the fucking control room. She found a, a fucking electrical box hanging on a wall and touched it. What control room? They were they, at the very beginning of the movie. The whole point to go into the basement was to find oh, the control yeah. room to raise the doors. Yeah, but I think that's what they were looking for the whole time. Where the pulleys in the attic. Yeah, so they yeah. were just in the wrong part of the house. Yeah, so instead of like everybody splitting off and searching different parts of the house, they just all one by one went into the basement to die. <laughs> so the house pulled them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, too much credit. Smart house. We've we've already talked about this. So. He finds the pulley station, the pulley station, the pulley system up in the attic. So he goes and he can't get the thing to turn, so he hits it with a lead pipe. Breaks it. Breaks it. And then it starts moving on its own, and he says, so much for a PhD in engineering. (laughs) One-liners all day. Yeah, because he he, he hits it with the pipe, breaks it, throws it, and it hits a different handle, a different lever. Say that? No, I didn't say that part. No. Okay. Yeah, you said he accidentally hits another lever that starts the raising the doors process. So much for a (laughs) So, Shadow Guy chases Eddie and Jennifer up to the attic, and uh, Eddie says, "There's light! There's light!" (laughs) Like two times in a row, just exactly like that. (laughs) And then the the Shadow Ghost Charcoal is chasing them. And it eats price. It eats price at this yeah, point. Yeah, he just gets caught, right? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. It like absorbs him or turns him to dust or whatever it does. And doesn't um doesn't Evelyn pop up? Yeah, she's like because you know, it like has a face every time or it has a a bunch of people a, pop up. At one point, it's Margaret. It's Doctor Vanekid. At one point, it's Margaret. Whenever it almost gets Melissa. Jennifer. Damn it, Melissa! Oh, you got me. Doing I got that. you, Melissa. Whenever it's trying to like suck Jennifer in, trying to talk her into yeah. coming in, and then it's Evelyn when it's Price, yes, and, and Doctor Vanicket Vanicket comes up, pops up for Price too, I think. Vanicket himself he may, comes yeah. up and starts talking. He's like, "Come have fun with me." Yeah, the charcoal. He's like, "Um, next patient," or something <laughs> like that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they eat Price at this point. He has become. A ghost in the house, <laughs> and uh, the the shadow creature, devil, devil, even <laughs> cuts the cuts the rope 
So everything slams close again. And at the, uh, Jennifer made it Jennifer out. She it made out. it outside, but it shuts, and, and Eddie get, poor Eddie gets stuck in there. And I don't think he throws out any good one-liners, but Pritchett. No, he does, dude. He does. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a one-liner. I mean, it is, but it's also, I think it's important. Um, he's I think it's a plot point. Yeah, he's adopted because he's like, I was adopted. Like as yeah. it's about to eat him. So Jennifer was there because she stole her boss's invitation, and he was there because he wasn't really he meant wasn't, to die. He wasn't there meant because to he's die adopted. There. Yeah, so that's why he, he gets adopted. out. Twist number well, four. Uh, what, I guess I just spoiled it right at the very end. I spoiled it. He gets out. Yeah, because right as he's saying that, and he's about to get him, and. uh the, the door, the the uh, metal panel he's leaning against raises up. Yeah. And he like, goes out. Jennifer grabs him and pulls him out. And then it goes, camera changes, and it's Pritchett's ghost pulled the pulleys. Yeah. So somehow freedom. Pritchett was able to be, like, away from the rest of the ghosts. He was like, no, nah, I don't want to be He there. wasn't immediately turned evil like uh, everyone else was that was absorbed. He was pure good. Yeah, I guess everybody else was pretty shitty to begin with. Except for all the innocent people that died in the asylum that didn't attack and murder the staff. What about those guys? You mean the patients that didn't? Yeah. They were all what criminally insane. <laughs> they deserve to burn alive in a building. They're criminally insane. That's what I mean, but I, I'm saying they probably aren't pure good. They're criminally insane. So that's that's your... this Pritchett's month's pure good. <laughs> this month's cheesiest scene... Is Pritchett reappearing as the friendly ghost <laughs> to open the doors and let Eddie out? So basically, now at this point, they've escaped the evil because it cannot, even though it can travel through light beams and electricity, it's stuck inside the house it now can't behind leave the house. things. Yeah. So they're sitting on the but edge. But it can leave the house to type on Price's computer. Dude, I know. It has to go through phone lines, it can't just walk outside. Yeah, but what about light beams? There's no light in the house that it could attach to, to to make its way outside of the house to be in the outside light beams. Right. It can't just travel through plate steel. Yeah. It's got to follow light. There's light coming in somewhere. There's a little fucking pinhole light. Something. Dude, not in the house on Haunted Hill. <laughs> light free. 100% light. That's a good major selling point for it. Like 100% light free up in this motherfucker. So Eddie and Jennifer are sitting outside on, on the ledge at the very top 400 feet above the rocky surf first of all did you see how fucking massive that place was yeah they were never in anywhere other than the basement <laughs> the main room and the attic first of all how in the fuck did they get from the basement to the attic that fast he ran up out of the basement and was like to the attic and he was just like <laughs> there it makes no sense at all yeah there's probably just a little bit of time lapse None. They're like, these other floors aren't haunted. So, like, so when we'll the, just skip to the so next So you're one. saying when the thing bust through the door and the thing was eating the hallway, when, when Price was like, through the attic, <laughs> there must be a pulley system. There was a time lapse between when that thing was eating the hallway 12 feet <laughs> from Jennifer and Eddie and when Price got into the attic long enough for him to go up 40 stories. 40 stories with no elevator. Maybe that front of the, the house that you see that's so tall is just like a facade. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's like a false attic. 
Maybe there's an attic between every floor. Maybe it's like a hospital, and there's like crawl space. There's like interstitial space between floors. No, no. I don't believe Not it. for that giant fucking Let's just say setup. plot hole. <laughs> it's that they are sitting on the windowsill. Yeah, they're sitting on the windowsill. They, they they're like, oh, look, the sun's coming up or whatever. Yeah. And they kind of look down in between them and like stuck under the metal panel is a piece of paper, yeah. some kind of paper. Jennifer sees it. Yeah. And she grabs it. And it's announced to the those whom survive the night or something. <laughs> and she opens it and she's like, like her eyes get real big and she's looking at it. And Tay Diggs' character, Eddie, is sitting there and he's like, What is it? What is it? Let me see. You know, like that type of stuff. Like, like he has no idea what's going on at this point. And it's the checks. So the checks were barely hanging out of the window. How'd they get in the attic? Price First of all, had how was that thing not slammed tight enough for them to, like, they were just like, <laughs> just pulled checks it out from under the thin. middle door. Totally. Pretty thin, pretty thin checks. Envelopes are thin, too, so never mind. And so not that's, plot hole. So that's, that's the end of the movie. That's it. Yeah. They survive. Says, I don't know how they get down. Yeah, she, he, was, he even says that. He's like, how are we going to get down from here? How are we going to get down from this joint? So, so in yeah. the end, they actually didn't even make it. They probably just sat there. Oh, yeah. Exposed. And died. Died of exposure. Exposure. So, that is the 1999 classic. Palestine on a Hill. Dark Castle Entertainment just dropping <laughs> bombs in the late 90s, early 2000s. Which I enjoy goat shit. Goat shit. Goat shit is <laughs> awesome. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of goat shit. Which is, I love Super violent. Ghost ship. <laughs> Ghost ship is good. 13 ghosts is... Was cool, but I don't think it is anymore. <laughs> you know, like back in the day when we saw it, and we were like, that's pretty sweet. Look at that house that changes shape all day. Yeah, and there's like boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked the juggernaut. Yeah, he was scary. And the torso, the not like least scary ghost of all time. The jackal. Dude, with yeah, the cage pretty, on his head, tearing everybody up. So Dark Castle dropping <laughs> movie bombs in the late 90s, early 2000s. And this is one of them. What do you think, what do you say, what do you give mm-hmm. this movie? Stab rating. Go. Tell me your stab rating. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You're thinking so hard I'm about thinking. It. You can't give it a good gore score because there's none. Well, there is a smidge. Not really. No, there's not. There's just like the the face scoop. And that's not gore. It's just like. I mean, this isn't laid to rest. Uh, This isn't any other gory movie. (laughs) All right. Well, then you give it like a one. Can you give it a zero? I mean, it just doesn't have you gore. Can give it a half that doesn't point. mean it's not. You can give it a quarter point if you'd like. I feel like this is not a gory movie. I feel like it's a scary movie. But it's not even really scary. You know, but it's supposed to be. So <laughs> I feel like that's a, well. I feel like that means that right there means it's a better scares or a better thing to judge this movie on than gore. Well, judge that on enjoyability then. Okay. So I mean, if you're going for straight up gore rating, gore's like one half, like just half. 
It's half a point. It's half. Okay, what do you say on enjoyability? Dude, I love this movie. I know you do. I mean, I, it's an, like I said earlier, it's an, before we started recording, I told you it's like a nostalgia thing. I mean, we, we watched this when we were 14 and 11. We owned it, and we watched it many times, and it scared me every time when I was a kid. I owned it, it up until up great. I owned it up until recently, and I was pretty upset just the other night when I went to get it and couldn't find it. I don't know what happened to it. That's a but bums. enjoyability, four, four and a half. Damn it, four. I love to watch it. So, I was excited to watch this. So four and a half out of ten overall. Yeah. Still not a good score. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not. But see, that's the thing about the gore gab stuff is if it's there's no gore, you're gonna get a no gore. You get a low score. Aww. Dude, that's the new Gorga. Uh, DJ Gill, I hope you're listening to this because that's our <laughs> new motto. That's going to be our slogan from now. We got to get a new fucking cover page made up. Says, total rebranding. Yeah, total rebranding. We are no longer, I mean, we're still Gorgab, but we have a much better slogan now. <laughs> so I think that I'm pretty close with you. I wouldn't give it a four and a half on enjoyability. I would say like, or you said four. I would four. give it like a, a three. You don't even like this movie. 2.75, probably. So I would go with a three and a quarter score overall for me. I mean, it's it's enjoyable, especially as like a nostalgic trip back to, you know, stuff when I was a teenager and young, or early years, early teen years, stuff that scared me. Gore is definitely a low loser. There is no... Loser. There is nothing in this... No redeeming gore qualities at all. I think the the pencil on the neck's the best part. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about. That. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was like, man, I can't think of anything. There's like <laughs> a vat of blood and blood smears. There's a beheaded. There's a body with no head and a dismembered woman. But it's not. It's not done in like a gory way. Even no. Like when her severed head is sitting there. Like I said, it's just like her head stuck through some sheetrock and. Mm. There's like no blood except like a drip down the side of her mouth. So I mean, it's not a gory movie. Ghost Ship was gorier. I think Thirteen Ghosts was a little gorier. But yeah, not a great score from either one of us. So three point three and a quarter for me. Four point five. Four point five for you. So that's it for this this episode. We uh, hope you enjoyed House on Haunted Hill as much as we did when we were young children. Uh, check me back. In two weeks with DJ Gill, uh, I think we're going to do Evil Ed. I don't know if you've ever seen Evil Ed. Great, like, Dead Alive style, gory movie. I'm really excited to watch it with him. He'll probably hate it, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> For me, oh, 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 wait, wait. I almost forgot. I almost just jumped right off. Hit us up on Twitter. Oh. Hit us up on Twitter, at Gorgab Podcast. Send us an email, gorgab1985 at gmail.com. Those are the only two ways to find us on social media unless you get on Facebook, which apparently nobody really does anymore. Uh, so catch us next time. I'm Uncle Pony Boy. I'm Matt. <laughs> we'll think of something. I am Matt. I am Matt. I am Matt. <laughs> I am here. We'll come up with something. Hold the door. <laughs> oh, you don't know that. You haven't watched Game of Thrones. You're not caught up. I've watched some of it. Well, Catch us next time on Gorgab for movie stuff with boobs and bloods. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.
Okay. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And we're the co-hosts of Scream 101, which is your premier podcast for horror movie reviews. Tell e- me more. Every month, we watch four horror movies based around a certain theme, like vampires, aquatic horror, 70s proto-slashers, just different genres. Okay. I'm a huge horror nerd. He is. Sergio is not so much. Everything you tell me goes in one ear and out the other. But he's a very nice young man, and he's willing to come along this journey with me, and we can give you our two different perspectives and hopefully a couple laughs along the way. That's the dream or the plan. Come with us on this journey of joy. (laughs) On this never-ending tale. On this season of Scream 101. Find us on podpeople.me.